Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to Pirates Talk. Well, there were times this season when it did not look like we would get here. Here being on the verge of the college basketball tournament season. COVID-induced pauses made the road rocky, but the men's Big East tournament gets underway on Wednesday, March 10th, while the women's tournament begins this Friday at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Seton Hall ended the regular season with five straight victories to clinch third in the Big East and earned a bye in the first round. They will play the winner of the Creighton-Georgetown game in the quarterfinals on Saturday. The championship game is slated for Monday. On this edition of Pirates Talk, I'm pleased to welcome Seton Hall's head coach, Tony Bazella to discuss the upcoming Big East tournament, the season that was, his frightening personal battle with COVID, and more. Tony, thanks so very much. Your last game was on Monday. The tournament is just around the corner. But that doesn't mean you had a lot of time to rest and enjoy the accomplishment. So uh, I know you're busy working. Thanks so much for giving me a few minutes of your time. Matt, it's a fellow Seton Hall alum. I'll give my time anytime, and especially someone as talented as yourself. I'm excited to be on the podcast. I listen to it regularly. So um, I, I appreciate you taking the time to have me on. Well, and I thank you for your loyalty in listening. You were on an early, uh, early edition of the show this year, and you talked about the team, the disappointment of last year, COVID ending everything so abruptly, and then having to work through, you know, the loneliness really that we've all experienced during this. When you write the book about what from last March to this March has been all about, where does the book start? Wow, that's a great question. The book starts, you know, it's so funny. We're sitting there in the quarterfinal game. And I mean, scouting the quarterfinal game between, um, you know, DePaul and uh, I forgot who they were playing. And um, my friend, uh, Bobby Mullen, who used to work for Seton Hall as a sports information director and now works for the Big East in um, communications, said, you know, Val's really nervous about the men's tournament being played next week. I'm like, what the heck is she talking about? He goes, you know, she's nervous about this virus. I said, come on, Bobby. That's the most ridiculous thing I've heard. Well, I've learned. I knew before how intelligent Val was, but I've learned now never to question Val. And, uh, you know, uh, we lose the semifinal game. We're on the plane the next morning. We're home the day after. Um, I'm invited to go to the Big East men's tournament, and it's canceled. I, it, it just happened so fast, Matt. Um, I'll just never forget. And I never got to say goodbye to my players because we sent them home for about four or five days because you know we didn't need that practice until the following week because we were either going to be an ncaa or nit team um and so i never even got to say goodbye to them just just wild and it's and i agree with you at the this time last year i didn't think that the nhl was going to shut down uh we have someone at work who's doing a little bit of a retrospective. And he asked me the other day to send him some copies of the last broadcast. And he said, do you know in there where you might have talked about the possibility of everything coming to an end? I said, we never saw it coming. We knew it was happening in the world. It was business as usual. When we signed off on the last game, we said, we'll see you on Thursday. And Thursday Thursday never came. Never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. No, and 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 Val, you know, to her credit, which is why she's such a great leader in the Big East, really, really was so nervous about protecting the student athletes. She had talked to doctors after doctors after doctors, and she was ahead of the curve. She really was. So let's talk a little bit about this year, and I'll go back to that earlier program that you were on in this season. You talked about one of your players. You had to replace so much senior leadership, but you had 
a number coming back, but Desiree Elmore, you said, was going to be a key and that she had to be an alpha player out there. And that necessarily wasn't in her DNA, perhaps, but you had a lot of conversations with her. Well, she has turned out to be that player. What's been the big jump that she was able to make this year? Because she ended the regular season with a career high 30 points going over the thousand point mark. And she's just been everything you could have hoped for, I'd imagine. Yeah. And more, um, I, I really felt she should have been Defensive Player of the Year, which unfortunately she wasn't. She leads the league in charges taken probably by double, and she leads the league in defensive rebounds or second. So she's been, you know, wonderful. But it's it's maturity. It's consistency, Matt. Those two words for Des. Um, she's really grown up a lot. Her approach has been much more consistent. I think part of that is, you know, her being mature. I think part of it is Anja Espinosa-Hunter joining our team um, mid-semester. And Andre brought a sense of maturity and understanding and was really, I think, been a good influence on Dez. And to Dez's credit, she's been a good influence on Andre, helping her teach the league and understand the league. So it's been really good with those two um, playing off each other, obviously, along with Lauren Park Lane and Maya Jackson. But I, I have to tell you, she's much more mature and she's much more consistent. Well, it is showing in her play on the court. Uh, Though you are disappointed that she didn't get the defensive player of the year, there are a number of Pirates who have been honored for their play. You have to be awfully proud. I am. I'm I'm excited for her, Andre, and Lauren Park Lane. Um, All made first-team Big East, and I think um, we haven't had that since 2015 to have three players um, make first-team. And, um, you know, these kids have worked hard. They deserve it. I'm so proud of Warren Park Lane because not only did she make first team, she also was voted most improved player of the beast. Um, and she took the pandemic to a different level because when she was home, her parents did a great job of preparing her, getting her a trainer. And Lauren did a great job working hard and came back a completely different player. She really did. Well, good for her. What was the big change then? I, I think um, confidence, um, strength. And um, while she only shoots about 25% from three, it's that threat from shooting three. And she's just, I know it sounds crazy because she's so fast and so so quick, but she's faster and quicker because she's stronger and she can maintain that throughout the whole game as opposed to last year only being able to maintain it for 25 or 30 minutes of the game. Well, kudos to her and her parents for taking advantage of something we'd rather not have happen, of course. But look, that's the situation we all face deal with it and they did and that's that's a credit to them and congratulations to your players and to you and your coaching staff for guiding them to those individual successes it's a real feather in everyone's cap and they should enjoy that moment uh individual success is important i know it's a team game but uh the individuals make the team do well if you know what i mean so yeah you got to have those players uh for sure thank you and let's be honest we don't finish you know, um, with our record, if we don't have all-conference players. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you have no all-conference players, your record's not going to be very good, let's be honest. And and yours is good. You finished third in the Big East. You won your last five. How do you feel entering the tournament? We're excited. I mean, you know, 12-5 and five in the Big East, and to get the third seed was really um, great. I mean, we, we ended the season with three games, and road games in six days, all in different states, and and in the combination of nine games and 21 days. And we did not play well after our last pause um, for a couple of weeks. But we, you know, we lost a couple of games, um, had some close wins, but we've hit our stride now. And I really thought we hit our stride 
um, in the second half of the Villanova game. I, at halftime, I was not happy. I thought we played very tentative. Um, scared's not the correct word, but tentative probably. Um, a, li- a little soft. And, and I made it clear in the locker room that if our season, you know, with an NCAA bid on the line was going to end, we're not ending it this way. And I got to tell you, Andra and Lauren and, and Des and, 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 and Maya and the rest of the team, they were like, they took it to heart. And they came out with a vengeance. And, and Des, tremendous in the third quarter. But our defense just changed the game. And Andra hit one of the biggest shots of um, – my career, let alone the year, a three-pointer at the end of the third quarter from about 24 feet after a great block to uh, put us up double figures. That says an awful lot considering the career you've had on the sidelines, not only at Seton Hall, but prior to that uh, at Iona. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. There's no question about that. <laughs> but I mean, considering the success you've had to say that that's one of the biggest shots, maybe the biggest shot uh, in your coaching career. Boy, that tells you where it was at in regarding where Seton Hall was at at that time and the need to have that come through. Yeah, and Andre, you know, hit a huge shot to tie the game for about 24 feet with a great pass from Lauren Park Lane against Georgetown two weeks before. And that got us into overtime, and and, and, and we won that game, which, you know, kind of vaulted us to, to our five-game win streak. But, you know, Andre has just been really clutch. And, um, you know, I, 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 I got to tell you, she – isn't just a great player. She's a great person as well. I mean, she has taken me under her wing and she's my security blanket. And the first game we played, she put her arm around me. She's like, just calm down, coach. I know you haven't been feeling well. We got this. I'm like, no, no, no. She's like, we got it. And she was just like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I haven't had that in a long time. And, you know, we've developed a great relationship. And uh, I, I just got to tell you, I, I, we would not be where we were without her for sure. Well, she comes in as a graduate student, you said, halfway through the semester. You had a deal with an injury to Femi Funius. Maya yeah. Bembry becomes eligible, so you have to work her into the lineup. Uh, like, how did it all come together for this team? Yeah, all while being on pause and me being in the Yeah, I was going to get to that, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, uh, it, it affected you personally and obviously the team as well. Yeah, the staff did a great job. You know, I know I was like, oh, we all say we have great staffs. And, you know, clearly men's basketball has an amazing staff. I'm friends with them. But so is women's basketball. You know, Lauren DeFalco um, you know, who, and, and Marissa Flagg, who've been with me over 10 years. Um, Lauren's been with me 12 and Marissa over eight as assistants. But they both played for me. Jose, you know, obviously a great head coach in his own right on the men's side. And, and, alum, and Pete Sinello is a great coach. On division, head coach, Division Two. Um, I mean them, and then you know we have the younger uh, staff. Dee Dee Simmons, a great player, has really developed into an outstanding assistant coach as as Shalia Lyons, and they've all picked up the pieces to form us together. And I think that's what really made it a little easier. That and Andre came in, no ego. Maya Bembry came in from a Big Ten team, no ego. Lauren Desiree, um, Maya Jackson, all accepted them. They saw their strengths, and there was never any jealousy. And uh, that those guys and the whole team accepted these kids. And to those kids' credit, they didn't come in with an attitude at all. They really didn't. Well, that that is a credit, and it's such an important element uh, to any team success. You cannot have that internal strife. I don't care how great the talent is. They don't have to be best friends. They don't have to all go out together. But if there's that internal strife, it's nearly impossible to overcome. So... Uh, certainly, that was a benefit for Seton Hall this year. 
Was it difficult? I mean, the players made it easy because of their personalities, but is there a key to making sure everyone understands, look, we've got some people coming in, roles are going to change, we're going to be better for it. You've got to get used to maybe less minutes. You have to be used to not coming, uh, or rather coming off the bench and maybe not starting it that you thought you would. Like, how do you handle that? I try and be very honest and upfront with the players. I know my staff does a great job of talking to the players and ex- explaining their roles, and as do I. And, you know, I'll never forget when Andre came back, came in, and Maya Bembry was starting. I wrote Maya Bembry in the office. And I'm like, well, you know, this is what we see. And Maya's like, great, whatever you think, coach. You know, because the same thing when I said to someone else and she was moving into this, so I don't let that person said the same. So I, I just think you have to be honest. You have to have kids that want to win. I think those things are not as common as you would think. Oh, everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to win on their own agenda a lot of times. <laughs> you know, these kids want to win on Seton Hall's agenda. And that's what makes them special. And this is just the beginning, in my opinion, of a great one because we return you know, with the new rule, everyone can return. And it really, this is, I've been here eight years. We've had some great teams, but this is the best, you know, program, you know, team we've had. And it's, we're only going to build on it. That's awesome to hear. I, I did notice you mentioned after the game on Monday in your post game conversation on Fox that you said Desiree was coming back. Yes. Yep. Yep. She's, um, I really do believe Des is going to be drafted and become a WNBA player, but Des understands she probably needs one more year of strength. And with the year being so inconsistent in terms of games, I think why go into the draft and maybe be a third round draft choice. And that's not great because no one sees her live. You can't appreciate Des until you see her live, you know, her athleticism, her intelligence, you sit down and you talk to Des and she's a tremendous, um, understanding she has tremendous understanding of the game so you know we had a long talk and Des like you know i i am back and des and i we've known each other a long long time and uh we have a you know a very close relationship and uh you know we've both been through hard times and um we we understand each other and 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 des said listen we're gonna come back one more year i'm gonna get my game to the best and i'm gonna work on the um whether it's a a master's or a second major and i'll be better for it academically as well Well, that is good news, but that's for the future. We'll talk a little bit more about the present. But let me just, before I get off the future, though, so how does that all work out with everybody coming back, but players that you've recruited? How do you work the number scholarship-wise and personnel-wise? Well, the NCAA is allowing you to go over the amount of scholarships that you have seniors coming back. So that's a big thing. So we have two possible seniors, Jasmine Smith, who's played an integral role for us off the bench and done a great job, um, but a very smart business and entrepreneurial person. So I'm not sure about her, but we'll have a, a, a talk then. And obviously Des, so we're allowed to go over two. So we're, since women's basketball has 15, we can go to 17. As long as the school itself doesn't mind paying for those two extra scholarships for the year. And Seton Hall, you know, as an alum, obviously, I'm a little prejudiced, but Seton Hall always tries to, you know, do the right thing by the student athlete, but also by our athletic programs. Um, and they were like, no, if, if these two young ladies want to come back and you feel they, you know, will, will help our program, then then we'll be fine with it. So we are. Um, we didn't bring in any recruits. I, I had predicted this was going to happen for a long time because of my friends in the NCAA and, uh, and myself being old. So we had one verbal and she's going to go to prep school um and we had have another one who's a class of 22 so we said we'll only 
take um, uh, a transfer maybe, but we're not going to take. And I really believe in our kids who even don't play that much. I believe they're really good players. We just have to develop them, and they're going to come back as experienced college freshmen. So, you know, I'm putting my eggs in their basket. Well, it's not a bad place to be. I want to circle back to uh, Lauren Park Lane for a moment. The first game against UConn, everyone was raving, and rightfully so. Paige Beckers was unbelievable, and she's a great player and just a freshman, and she's going to be tormenting Big East coaches and teams for the next three years. I get that. But Lauren Park Lane outscored her, was as dynamic, if not more so, in terms of up and down the court and the energy that she showed in that game. I think she had 29 points. You talked a little bit about what she and her parents did to get ready for that for that moment for this season. Was that a coming out moment for her? I mean, she had a good year last year, but was that like, hey, national stage, I'm ready to jump on it? I love being on your podcast because you really have a great feel and you do a tremendous amount of research. You couldn't be any more accurate. That gave her the confidence for the rest of her career here because it wasn't just, she didn't get to play the game with Andre. She wasn't eligible yet. She didn't get to play the game with Jasmine Smith, who was out sick. So she, she's missing two key players in that game. Des was walking around on a sprained ankle. We, you know, she could have gone into the game and like, we're going to get our rear end kicked. She was fearless, Matt, fearless, confident, put the team on her back. Every media timeout from the first media timeout, to the last one of the game when we were down, I don't know, 16 or 17, she was opening her mouth, encouraging her teammates. That was her coming out party. And I think that has spurred her to becoming not only one of the, obviously, the best point guards in, in, in the country, in my mind, one of the best players in the country. But that was the coming out party. You, were, you hit the nail on the head there. She was unbelievable. The game didn't end up the way you wanted it. But my goodness, she your eyes were just trained on her as well as Becker's played. And again, she's brilliant. She's, she's fabulous. But I think anyone who watched that game had to say, hey, who who is this little little player? Because she's not very big, who's just no. fearless, as you said, and pulling Seton Hall forward in this contest. Huge heart. I mean, huge heart. Her and um, another young lady we haven't touched on yet, Maya Jackson, have the biggest hearts They've came into this program as, well, they'll be sophomores again, as our backcourt. And really, you know, they, they play off each other well. I mean, there's not a better defender um, on the ball than Maya Jackson and uh, Lauren Park Lane and her. You know, they, they work seamlessly together. They, and that has helped make the success of everyone else. You mentioned earlier that the team played nine games in 21 days. With a few days off in between, what's the strategy in getting your team ready to play on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, we want to get some rest. I mean, we, we gave them off yesterday. Um, today, we gave them off, uh, to their credit. Um, some of them came, a lot of them came in to shoot. Um, tomorrow, we'll practice, and then we'll head on up to Mohegan Sun, and um, we'll be quarantined for anywhere from 16 to 24 hours in our room. And then we ha- we get to have one, a one-hour practice on front and a 30-minute practice on Saturday until we um, start to play Saturday night at 9 o'clock. So it'll be a unique um, situation. It'll be interesting how our girls adapt. I mean, everyone has to do it, but each team adapts differently. Um, so, you know, the girls are excited. I mean, you know, we we, we know we're going to play a good team in the first game, either Creighton, um, with, who beat us mm-hmm. um, in overtime by one, or Georgetown, who we just beat in overtime. Um, so it's going to be a tremendous challenge. But our girls, you know, 
they, they want to play the games. Like, that's why we were able to have success in the nine games in 21 days. They want to play. And um, that's why I'm so excited for, you know, this year. I, I, I do think we are an NCAA team. I, you know, I know we all look at the prognosticators, you know, between us and the men's basketball. But I think when you look at Seton Hall women's basketball and watch them play, along with our men, to be brutally honest with you, we're both one of the top 64 teams in the country. You, you, you can't just look at the net ranking and this and that. Let's march out Lauren Park Lane, Andre Esmeralda Hunter, Desiree Elmore, Maya Jackson, Alexia Leash, Maya Bembry, Jasmine Smith. You march those kids out. I'll play anybody. I mean, we, we led UConn you know, at half in the last game on the road, um, only down six at the end of three quarters and didn't shoot particularly well. So we have a very good team. You know, and I'm, I'm putting a plug in for the men. So do the men. You, you're putting out Sandro and, and you know, and, and Miles and, and, and those kids. You know, they have a – they're an NCAA team. I don't care what anyone says. I agree with you on both fronts. One of the things I like about having you on the show is that you are brutally honest. Like, yeah. some coaches would dance around that NCAA no. thing. You're like, no, we're, we're an NCAA we, tournament team. Absolutely. Let us play any of these ACC, um, SEC, you know – teams four through nine that they're considering let's play them on a neutral quarter or we'll go there to be honest with you we, we're six and two on the road this year let, 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 let's play i don't care but when you watch the Hall women's basketball play there's no way you walk out and be like why well, they might be a team and and i said this i'm on the regional committee and i've made this clear and while our net has improved tremendously we have a 50 net you know we got hurt early on we lost our, our, our a non-league game when I, I was sick. I had just showed up and I probably screwed it up because Lauren DeFalco had it under control. But, you know, we were missing Andre, Dez that game um, and, and Jazz, you know. But you watch us play? Come on. I mean, there's no way we're not one of the top 64 teams. I mean, we're, we're marching out 55 points a game out of three kids just on that. So, you know, I'm a big proponent of, and I said this on, on my call, everyone needs to watch. Like, I watched the Big Ten. It's a great league. You know, but so is the Big East and so are we. Analytics has a role in athletics these days, but the eye test is still mightily important. Especially this year when you don't, we didn't get a chance to play a lot of non-league games. You know, the men got some in, but even the men, they played six of them in like 12 days. You can't, you know, be like, well, they lost this one game. Yeah, but so what? That, that was their fourth game in eight days. Like, you know, you got to just take a look at the teams and, and, and look at the question now. The experience, and I said this, it is about the eye test more than ever this year. Last couple, and I'll let you go. You play the games for a reason, so we'll see what the tournament holds. However, UConn is number one in the country. They've suffered just one loss, so it's probably theirs to lose. But what do you think about the tournament in general, and what are the chances of some team? You won't play them. If you do play them, it'll be in the final. You're in opposite brackets. What will it take for someone to come away with that Big East championship other than the UConn Huskies? I have no more respect for UConn than any person in the country. Gino and Chris have not only great coaches and, 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 and the rest of their staff, Shay and um, Jamel, but they're, 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 I'm friendly with them. Gino's been great. When I was sick, he was one of the first people that reached out to me. Same with Chris. You know, they're great, and, and, I, and, and I hope they win the national championship. But as I said, the national championship, we can we can beat them. It will be very hard. We're going to have to shoot the ball extremely well. But this is a team that has set um, records this year for points in a game, three-pointers in a game, um, 
three-point field goal percentage in the game. We have a point guard who's, you know, set a record for assists in the game. And more importantly than anything, our kids believe they can compete and, and beat UConn. And, and, and that's why we're able to be as successful as they are. Yeah, so are we going to have to play a great game? Of course. But and are they going to have to be a little off? Probably. But all those things are possible as well. And I truly believe if we get to the finals, that finals would be a very, very competitive game. Now, we got a long way to go to get there. We got to get to, obviously, Creighton, who's, who has our number, Georgetown, who played this tough this year, Marquette, who is a, you know, a, a five, six seed in the NCAA tournament, um, you know, and well coached. So we got a long road to get there. But if we get there, we're going to walk on the court with the belief that we will win. Love it, Tony. I love it. Last one, then I will let you go. You mentioned that you had COVID and you talked about and you've been you know, very public about it. Uh, how do you feel these days? And is there a message to anyone who's listening? And, 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 and um, Alexa Phillip, who, who I probably mispronounced her name, Alexia, I should say, she, she did a tremendous article. And she, I, I trusted her as a writer for the Hartford Current. And the reason I wanted that is I wanted to save someone's life. Because when I went to the hospital after 12 days and I had pain in my legs and I, I couldn't breathe, and the doctor said to me, I think you'll be okay. I was like, excuse me. And they did the chest x-ray and I had blood clots by my heart and my lungs. And the doctor said, you could have had a stroke at any point. What made you come in here? And my daughter, who's a PA student, made me go in. I wouldn't have gone in. And she made me go in. And I want to make sure that people understand if you don't feel good, they know how to treat it now. There's no guarantee you're going to get well, but there's a 90 nine percent chance you're going to get well if you get in there and they can treat it and and that i had a i have a um, another and one of my other doctors came in that night and said you'll be fine we know how to treat it if this was march or april I, i'm going to tell you it, I, I don't know what would happen but you know this was the end of november um and he said um no we're, we're good and uh you'll, you'll you'll it'll take a while and it has, Matt. You know, I, I was just saying to you before we went in the air, I had my first vaccination um, yesterday, and my arm hurts a lot. I was like, geez. Um, but I want everyone to understand this This virus is no joke. If you don't feel good, go to the hospital. Make sure you take care of yourself. The side effects are far more than just getting a temperature or something. And uh, that's why I did it. And, and, and that's why I say it. it's not about me. It's about everyone. And, uh, you know, I love our Seton Hall fans and family and, um, you know, I just want to protect everyone. Well, Tony, good on you for wanting to go public and helping others. We're glad that you're better and you've bounced back despite that sore arm. That'll go away after a while, kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll subside. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But we wish you the very best of luck this weekend in the Big East tournament and beyond as the NCAA tournament will get underway. All roads lead to San Antonio this year, but it starts at Mohegan Sun. So good luck to the Pirates. Good luck to you and your staff. And thanks so much for your time. And thank you for having me on once again. You know how much I um, admire your work. And that will wrap things up for this edition of Pirates Talk. Thanks to Tony Bazella for his time and for sharing his personal story regarding COVID. His words should resonate with us all. And good luck to Coach and the Pirates in the Big East Tournament this weekend and hopefully beyond. As a reminder, the women play the winner of the Friday Creighton versus Georgetown game on Saturday night. It'll be a 9 o'clock start and will be seen nationally on FS2. And thanks to Jay Dogs for his comment that he left regarding Pirates Talk on Apple Podcasts. Quote, can't beat it as an SHU fan, unquote, wrote Jay. 
Jay, I can call you that, Jay, right? Jay Dogs, thank you anyway so very much for your comment. I really do appreciate it. I do appreciate all our listeners, and thanks again for the words of support. Pirates Talk is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I invite you to rate the show, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. And if you do drop a note, I'll mention your name on an upcoming show like I did with J-Dogs. Special thanks as always to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the program and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Matt Lachlan. Be safe. Be well, and let's go Pirates.